Hey guys, we are live. Welcome to the Bags to Riches podcast. I'm your host, Zach Ginn. Not in the studio today. Our internet is out, but we will improvise. I'm telling you, I promise you, we will do a video every single day on the Flip It Rick channel. And you guys have given us so much support. And honestly, we have the acquisitions king of wholesaling real estate, Keith Everett. I'm telling you, Keith Everett, aka Real Estate Diddy. This dude could sell fridge to an could sell a fridge to an Eskimo. Thank you so much for coming on today, Keith. Man, Zach, man, I appreciate you. Uh, man, I'm just ready to get it going, man. I'm just ready to provide value, man. You know, that's all I want to do is uh, just give the people some value, man. Just give them a couple tips and tricks of what I've been doing over the last five years. And uh, let's see if we can help somebody out today, Zach. Let's do it. So let, let's get this out. I, I mean, everyone knows you as the king of acquisitions. Uh, uh, but really, the title of this video is Mastering Acquisitions. And that is such a key term and phrase there's a lot of guys out here selling you know acquisitions trainings things like that and honestly um you're one of the best stuff i've seen um coming up four years ago didn't really have much to see but um after seeing your stuff it's legit so um how did you get into real estate wholesaling i mean it, it seems so crazy yeah man so uh, i take it back to 2016 uh february uh i'm not all the way five years in but next month i make the five years mark and i'm blessed man because I haven't had to clock into my nine to five in five years, but I learned from my guy, Nick Ruiz. You know, what I did was I just started following all successful people on Instagram. And eventually I ran into this guy, Nick, and he was hosting a webinar talking about how to get into real estate with really no money down. So at the time I didn't have no money. So I'm like, that's, that's my type of party. So let me attend this webinar. Uh, initially, I want to be a real estate agent. But once I found out about wholesaling, I told my lady, like, listen, I found out exactly what I want to do with my life. So Nick actually had a book on that webinar. It was like 20 bucks. And I read the whole book. It was like 90 some pages. Every chapter, after every chapter, I wrote down the action plan. So by the time I got done with the book, I was ready to take action. And that's exactly what happened. Wow. And uh, I mean, fast forward, I mean, we really want to get in the nitty gritty of the acquisitions today. But uh, for anyone that doesn't know his story, check him out. It's Keith Everett, Real Estate Diddy on Instagram. He's got plenty of other podcasts about his story. I mean, this dude's yeah. doing $100,000 months with his partner, Lenny, absolutely destroying it in uh, Alabama, right? Yeah, we in, uh, we actually in five different markets. Uh, oh, wow. We actually in Huntsville, Alabama. We in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, we in Charlotte, North Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, which is one of my favorite markets. And we also in Houston, Texas, uh, Charlotte and Houston. We literally just got into those markets not too long ago. And uh, we're still trying to figure out the market's personality type. So we know where we need to attack at. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so let's get started. This is mastering acquisitions. So we got people young and old here. So let's take it from the top. If you're new into real estate wholesaling, what is negotiating? Man, so negotiating, uh, it's one of my key things, right? It's one of it's one of my, I would say one of my strengths is because number one, I understand people. I think once you understand a person's personality type, then you know how to attack, right? I got different approaches for different type of people, for different type of personalities, right? So when I first get on the phone with a seller, before I even get to negotiating, I got to figure out what type of person I'm dealing with. Are they aggressive? Are they emotional? Are they analytical or are they easygoing? So once I identify that, I know which approach I need to take before I even get into the negotiations. Another thing, you got to find out who all the decision makers are. How are you looking to negotiate and close up a deal if you don't even know who all the decision makers are? Another thing, you got to find out if you guys were to agree on the price today, are they interested in moving forward? So once you find out those things, now you're able to keep going down and see if you can get the deal locked up. 
So, all right, another thing, I like to make the seller categorize themselves. I always ask them, hey, Mr. Seller, I want to bring you into my world for a quick second. I'm looking at two different types of properties. I'm looking at properties that sold for retail that's been brought up to 2021 standards. And I'm also looking at properties that sold in as-is condition. Uh, I mean, considering that, and you know your property better than I do, I mean, which category do you think your property best fits in? So before I even start talking about the numbers with them, I want the seller to categorize themselves so that so they know exactly ex what we do and how we purchase property so they don't think they're getting retail. So after that, that's when I start talking about properties on the other street. I talk about schools in the area and I talk about what it's going to look like if we was to purchase the property and what it's going to look like if they keep holding on to it and they never make a move. So I think those are key aspects before you negotiate. You got to know who the decision makers are. You got to know, are they looking to make a decision today? Uh, they got to know that you got to know the condition of the property. You got to know exactly uh, when they looking to close. Uh, you got to know exactly uh, what kind of benefits that you can offer these people. Your benefits is going to carry you a long way. And the last thing is you got to know what's the reason they're looking to sell. What's the pain points? You know what I mean? That's important. And if you make an offers without those few things, I can guarantee you're not getting a lot of them accepted. Definitely. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, categories, categorizing the sellers and really seeing where they're at in the whole process makes everything so much easier. Uh, my, my question for you is you've trained a lot of people, especially in negotiating. Do you think that a really good acquisitions person is born or trained? I think both. I mean, because, and I'm going to tell you why I say that. To me, if you have a great personality and you mingle well with people, I think whether you know it or not, you're a good acquisition person. If you know how to comment, you know how to talk to people when they're going through something sad, if you know how to show empathy or sympathy, then guess what? You have the characteristics of a good acquisition person. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people can be trained. I do believe that because I didn't have people on my team. Actually, uh, we got a girl by the name of Ashley. She's actually probably our best acquisition manager. And wow. you're talking about the numbers and you're talking about revenue. She wasn't always just the best of the best, but she was taught time after time. And she understood after a while. And now, now I'm looking back at her like, man, it makes me feel good because I've been training her day after day after day. So uh, I think it could be both, though, man, to answer your question. I think it could be both. Okay. And so let's take it from the top here. We, we got a lot of people wanting to know you drop gems like crazy. And that, that's why I think a lot of people are on this podcast. I mean, we got a lot of people watching this. So well, really, take it, let's take it from the top. We have a seller. Um, we got an intake for marketing. What is your best go-to stuff when it comes to actually intaking it? So let's say we got a direct mail or a bandit sign coming in from that initial conversation. What are you doing to get that deal? Man, that's actually a good question. So for us, um, we, we, everything get filtered. You know, we found out for us to be able to scale properly, uh, we can't talk to all the cold leads. Everything absolutely has to be filtered. Uh, we got an answering service, which is Pet Live. Uh, we got cold callers. Uh, you got to think about it. We're not making cold calls. We don't do that in our company. We don't have time for that. We got too many leads for that. So we got 10 cold callers that's calling out the leads. Uh, if they find somebody who absolutely want to sell, they push it into our system. Now, when you're talking about text blast, if somebody called back from a text blast or called back from an RVM or they may call off a direct mail piece, guess what? It goes straight to Pat Live, which is our answering service. And then once they filter out the lead and find out that they absolutely want to sell, no matter if it's a high price or low price, 
Uh, they push the lead in our system, and then our acquisition managers, they take it from there. And let's say our acquisition managers are not able to get them on the phone after a couple tries. Then we got lead managers, which is VAs. They're going to make sure they follow up with these people. And if they get them back on the phone, they're going to live transfer it back over to acquisitions. And here go acquisitions. They're ready to close. Okay. And really when you're putting them in, you're qualifying them. So when you're training your acquisitions person, um, what do you say, especially on an incoming or an outbound? Let's say you get someone that says they might be interested in selling a property. What's yeah. the process on actually qualifying that lead so your guys aren't wasting their time? So first thing first, I'm saying, hey, how you doing today, Mr. Seller? They're going to tell me how they're doing. Excuse me. And I'm going to tell them, hey, uh, well, I'm glad you're having a pretty good day. My day is going pretty good as well. It's a blessing to wake up today. Uh, my name is Keith. I'm actually one of the finance managers with Hometown Cash Buyers. I was just calling about this property at 123 Main Street. Uh, I wasn't 100% sure if the property was vacant. And I just want to give you a quick call to see where you possibly interested in selling the property. Right? So that just one intro I was cold calling the lead. Now, it may be a lead that we are, somebody already filtered through. Uh, hey, is this Miss Jamie? Hey, Miss Jamie, this is Keith with Hometown Cash Buyers. You actually spoke to one of my partners about this property at 123 Main Street. I just want to give you a quick call back to see if we can make some work with each other. So that's all I'm doing at, you know, after the initial call. After that, I ask them, do they got a couple minutes to speak? And then I say, hey, listen, before we even get into the condition of the property, let me ask you this. Uh, I just want to ask, I'm just curious right now. Is there any other decision makers on the property? And then I ask them, hey, listen, if we were able to agree together today and I was able to get my uh, partners to double confirm it, I mean, do you think we're able to get the process started? I always sound confused. I don't ever want to sound like I'm Mr. Know-it-all because guess what? If you be Mr. Know-it-all, you can rub the seller the wrong way. If you say the right thing in the wrong tonality, you can rub the seller the wrong way. So not only you got to watch what you do, you got to watch what you say, you got to watch how you say it because uh, the seller can interpret it another type of way. You got to be smart. Tonality. I'm telling you, I, this is the stuff that, you know, nobody really talks about that much. And I think it's so important. So right. write that down. It's the tonality that's so important. I act like, I call it playing stupid sometimes uh, when it comes right. to actually cold calling and getting it. I mean, it's, this is absolutely amazing stuff right here. So we've got the cold calling going on there. And Really, my question is, I get this question so many times. I know you get hampered like crazy on it. So yeah. you're doing really good in your local market, but you got you got crazy big markets like Houston and Atlanta you're doing. Here's my question. I think you know the answer to this, but is it possible to lock up a contract over the phone online without even physically being at the house? Absolutely. Listen, we've been in the Atlanta market for two years now. I've never seen one of the houses ever. I've never seen it. Nobody on my team has ever seen it other than our property specialist, which is our boots on the ground or some newer realtor that we may be working with at the time. But 75% uh, of the properties that uh, uh, that, that we uh, host are virtual. Now, of course, you have some dealers don't got emails or they may be older or some people just want to meet you in person just to feel that energy. So that's why I say 25% of the time, we still may go to a property so that way we are, you know, you know, able to lock it up. Uh, we're not nailed down to nothing, but our strategy is definitely to close deals virtually. We definitely can do that. You just got to have the correct setup of a good title company, a good property specialist. Uh, you need you a couple of realtors on your team and you're ready to go. Okay. So it's possible. I mean, I do five other virtual markets too, but what I really want to kind of break down for the, for the audience here is, What's the way that you approach when it comes to actually getting the deal? So we get a seller, 
They say they want to sell it. And we were playing this game of cat and mouse. Like, I don't want to say the price. They don't want to say the price. How are we getting prices out of the sellers? And most importantly, how are we doing it at a deep discount? So, uh, you know, my go-to strategy is, um, you know, like I stated before, um, I, like to, I like to make the seller categorize themselves. But let's say a seller doesn't want to say that price still. So I kind of hit them with this line. Hey, Mr. Seller, I totally understand that you don't know exactly what you're looking for uh, when it comes to selling the property. But let me ask you a quick question. If I was to offer you a million dollars, I'm pretty sure you'd take it right. They'll say right. But if I was to offer you $10,000, I'm pretty sure you hang up on me right now. And I say, you know, they say, right. Well, if you know what you absolutely would take and you know what you absolutely wouldn't take, you got to have some type of price in mind that you will take for the property. I'm not saying it got to be a hard number. Uh, it, it, you know, you just give me a price range. Uh, either the property is it going to work for us or it won't work for us. But the main thing is I just want to make sure I don't waste your time. You know, so I kind of hit them like that. Uh, it, it, would you take a million? Of course. Would you take 10,000? You wouldn't. So how are you saying you don't know what you'll take for the property, but you know what you would and you wouldn't take? So once I say that, they always cough up the number, you know, pretty easy. Do you use that a lot when it comes to like a logical seller that's like very analytical? That's yes, like not the price? I do, man. I honestly, I do. Because I feel like with those type of seller, it kind of forces you to have to do that. You know okay. what I mean? Every seller is definitely not the same. But you got to know, and that goes back to whatever personality type the seller is, that's how I know what strategy to use. Definitely. And so we got all the all the type of sellers. So we, we know what to do with the logical one. What do you do with someone that makes the whole home selling process super emotional? How, how do you go about closing that deal? Man, you got to dig deep with them. You got to talk to them. You got to ask some questions. I mean, how you feel about the situation? Have this been keeping you up at night? Have this affected your family? Do you see the situation getting any better or getting any worse? How can I help? These are called pain point questions. Uh, we actually got a pain point question sheet that once we ask the seller what's the reason they're looking to sell, once they tell us their motivation, especially if they're emotional, that's when we dig in and take our time with them and figure out how can I make this person happy? How can I make you happy? And at the same time, we're able to get a good deal because I feel like it'll benefit both parties if we was able to make the seller happy. And at the same time, we're able to have, we're able to have enough room to either sell the property or maybe even fix and flip the property. But I think that the overall thing is you just got to know who you're talking to. If they're emotional, take your time with them. Don't rush them. Nobody likes to be rushed, especially if somebody may have passed away in the house. They just need some time. But at the same time, don't give them too much time. Definitely. Uh, what I want to kind of dive into the pain points here is obviously you got the pain sheets, uh, pain point sheets. You got it all. I mean, guys, if you're not following him on Instagram, Real Estate Diddy, this dude is just pushing crazy content out there. I don't care if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a month just the little stuff's gonna help you guys so much you got all the yeah. stuff here hustle implementers i got links everywhere but when it comes to the pain points what are some of the most common pain points on your deals um that you kind of go after that work really well for you man that's a good question actually man i would say uh probably the number one thing is bad tenants man i mean <laughs> man listen to me man i can't even tell you last year in 2020 how many tenants we had to deal with uh, because of the pandemic, but uh, what we done, what we done was we came up with a strategy to be able to still close on deals and at the same time be able to get attendance enough time to be able to move out of the property. And that's called a seller holdback. It's when we close on a property with the seller, uh, we close on it ninety percent of the funds. So, for example, if the property if we got in the contract for a hundred thousand, we're only gonna give that homeowner 
90% of the funds, which would be 90,000, the rest of the 10,000, it will be held in escrow. And once the tenants are all the way uh, evacuated off the property, that's when the rest of the 10,000 will be uh, released. So we was doing that all last year. And that's how we, we did a couple six figure weeks. We did all six figure months, right? So you got to think about it. How can you close on properties with tenants inside? You got to be able to do a seller holdback. You know what I mean? And the buyer has to agree on that. You can't do a holdback without the buyer agreeing because remember, you're going to close on a property early and get a seller a couple weeks. So the buyer got to be on the same page as us. Gee, seller holdback. I'm telling you, that, that stuff's powerful. Are you, are you still doing that now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every day, man. Listen, man, all the time, man. That's that's That ain't going to never go away for us because you're always going to deal with certain type of tenants. Definitely. And in, if you're in a situation, have you ever been in a situation, especially with COVID this year with me, that, yeah. you know, the tenants like refusing to leave and, you know, there's a eviction moratorium. Have you dealing with that at all either with any of your hey, deals? You know what? I deal with some terrible tenants, but every situation that was worth it, we worked it out. I ain't dealing with too many difficult people uh, because we try to be fair, right? But sometimes when you be fair, people don't treat you fairly. So, uh, but we just blessed, man, to have to deal with some pretty good people. Okay. Um, when I look at acquisitions, I mean, I, I used to cold call five hours a day back when I was 18. And honestly, I put in my hours in this game to get really good at acquisitions. I think something that you always hit hard is hitting the reps when it comes to getting really good. Because honestly, if I throw you in any appointment, I know you can come out with the deal and you're really quick on your feet. You're really good with handling objections. I mean, how important is actually getting the time out there? I mean, I can watch a million real estate Diddy videos. It's It'll help me get better, but actually doing the stuff actually helps. So what's the what's the really importance of having the knowledge of selling versus actually implementing and putting the reps in? I'll tell you this, man. You can watch my course. You can purchase my course. You can watch my videos every single day. You're not going to get to the point that I'm at if you don't know how to feel the way that I feel. And what I mean by that is, if you haven't did the reps I did, if you hadn't had to overcome the objections I did, if you had to uh, overcome rejection that I have dealt with. So for you to even be able to sharpen up your skills, you got to get in the field. You can't wait. It's only going to benefit you. You know, for you to be able to take your, your business to the next level, you got to know how to close. Because if you want to be a multimillionaire, you got to be able to close multi-million dollar deals. You know, if you, if you, you know what I mean? You got to just know exactly what you're looking to do, man. I mean, I think it's that simple. Okay. And I mean, this is, it's hard for you or me to comprehend because we've done so many deals and we put the hours in, but is there any advice you can give to anyone watching this right now? That's like, they're an analysis paralysis. They're watching all their videos. They're, they're on clubhouse two hours hearing you like drop gems and stuff. And, they're, but they're just so nervous to get out there. Maybe, you know, put the phone in their hand and start calling. Do you have any advice for them just to get going and really just implement that action? So I got a couple of different things. First and foremost, you know, I say this all the time. Nobody has ever went to the graveyard because they was making the call. You know, that's first and foremost, right? So nothing's terrible going to happen to you. Another thing, once you get on the phone with the seller, just say, just, just, just look to make a friend. No matter how the call go, no matter if it's a good call or bad call, just try to make a friend. And that's just my approach to the game. And once I start approaching it like that, I start getting better results. Because if you're looking to make a friend, you're going to ask the correct amount of questions that you need to you know, ask that person at that specific time. So I'm always looking to make a friend regardless if we can make something work for you. If we can't make nothing work for you, guess what? I'm going to try to create a finance option. I'm going to try a realtor option. If that don't work, then uh, you know, I may have to just follow up. 
but it's very simple, man. You got to, you got to keep it simplified. I think that's important. Definitely. And when it comes to getting new, uh, I think one of the worst situations you can have in acquisitions when you got a new person and an aggressive seller. So there's really three sellers I deal with. Uh, I don't know if you have anything different, but my, my question is I have a couple sellers I have in my head. And I just want to go through your head. Like, how do you handle these people? So the first one is the ultra aggressive seller, you know, right from New York City. You know, they just moved to Huntsville, Alabama, and they call yeah. maybe from a cold call or, or you call them. And they say, you know, Keith, how much are you gonna give me for the property? I, I got no time to waste here. Give me the price right now. And right. they put you in a corner. What do you do? Man, that's easy, man. I love aggressive sellers because guess what? That gives me an opportunity to use my expertise. And I only tell them, hey, Mr. Seller, I totally understand you're looking to get a price right now, but I do want to let you know I plan on giving you a large amount of money in a short period of time. If you could tell me a little bit more about the property, I can make sure that I get the absolute best offer for you. I just don't want to miss out on an opportunity to be able to help you out with the situation. Just give me a couple of minutes. Let me ask you a couple of additional questions and then I'll make sure I give you exactly what you get. So that's kind of like an example. I bag them up. Hey, Mr. Seller, I totally understand you want your offer now, but I plan on giving you a large amount of money in a short period of time. So if you can just help me out, then that'd be pretty great, man. Just getting a little bit more information on the property. Okay. And how do you deal with like a mellow or a shy seller that's not giving you any information they're like a yes, no, one word answer. You just can't build that rapport or get to the next level with them. How do you get through that? So, yes, sir. So the way I like to get through these type of sellers, you got to fill them out. You got to ask a lot of questions. You know, you got to ask them, hey, listen, Mr. Seller. I mean, I totally understand you want to sell the property, but I mean, what's your ideal situation? I mean, after we sell the property, I mean, what would you say your plans are? I mean, what would you do if you wasn't able to sell the property? I mean, what would happen if you are able to sell the property? You know, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, I want to make sure that I can help you out with the situation. I mean, do you need anything? I mean, I mean, how would you feel if the property, if you didn't be able to sell it? You just got to ask them so many different questions and box them in so many different ways. You got to make them talk to you. Another thing I like to do when it comes to the condition, if I know a person is shy, they're not really talking too much. I like to kind of open them up and ask them, hey, Mr. Seller. Um, I understand that you know you you know the property better than I do, but let me ask you this. I mean, I understand the property is in as is condition, but if you were going to fix it up yourself and resell it, what's some of the things that you would do to the property? I think when you ask questions like that, you make the shyest person have to talk to you, and you get them to open up, and then it gives you the opportunity to move in. Definitely. And the next one here is, I mean, open up opening up with sellers. I, I think one of the best ones that you really just you know, went on here was just kind of having empathy in a tough situation. Um, is there any tips you can give to someone when really like they're known as just like a hard salesman, they keep going in there, but how do you handle like a probate situation? Like how do you show empathy and how do you teach people to show it um, in such a tough situation for someone and you're really trying to help them? You know, when it comes to probates, man, you know, when I approach a probate, I don't like to tell them that I know about the situation. Oh yeah. You know, I like to approach them like I approach any other house. I want them to be able to tell me if they want to sell or not. And then I just let them to tell me the situation. You know what I mean? It's not my job to tell them right off bat, you know, hey, I know you're in probate. No, I'm not going to do that. You know, and once they tell me what's going on, and of course, you got to show the most sympathy and empathy. Because if you don't, you're not going to close that deal, man. They're going to the person who they trust. It's important for you to find out 
you know, what it's going to take for you to be able to help. You don't want to push the wrong button with the probate because they may think that, oh, I just, it just happened. You know, uh, why are you hitting me up so soon? No, you don't want to do that. Just ask them like any other house. Are they interested in selling the property? Uh, you love buying properties in the neighborhood. You got a couple properties. And just wanted to see if I can add value and help you out today. That's all you're looking to do. That's all I'm looking to do. And I think that's very, very important, man. You got to show empathy. If you got a hard time empathizing with people, you're not going to be a good salesperson. I'm sorry. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're just not because you have to be able to relate to people. The best way to build some type of rapport, you know, no matter what seller you're talking about, got to be able to relate to them. And everybody like a person that like to relate. And that's why I start being the way I am. I want to relate to you. I want to come down to earth to you and talk to you. Definitely. And so when you're getting these deals done, like you're, you're having these conversation, you're, you're trying to get the deal done. Um, I, I want to, I, I think I know a little bit about your process, but I want to hear it. So uh, for the people that don't know Keith's like acquisitions process, you, you got the seller, they're extremely motivated. You're like you're ready to get the deal done. Um, no one's really said the price yet. How do you go about that in a virtual market, uh, getting that offer out there and accepted? Like, what's the what's the script for that? So we got a process, right? So when it comes to our company, um, you know, we make offers over the phone majority of the time. Okay. You know what I mean? So once we're going through the process, uh, while I'm asking them how much, you know, while I'm asking them, well, first and foremost, I like to ask them uh, what some of the things that they do to the property, right? And while they're talking about that, I'm on, you know, prop stream looking at the comps. And then whatever they don't say, guess what? I'm going to ask them a question. Well, what about the roof and the AC unit? And when the last time they was replaced? So while they talking, I'm still on prop stream. So by the time I go through my process, ask them what's the reason they're looking to sell, I soon they're looking to sell. And, uh, you know, start talking about some of the comps in the area we negotiating. Now it's time to see if we can go on to get everything locked in. And what we like to do is uh, I like to use my partners as leverage. I'm big on that. I call it the finance department, the buying specialist. Uh, you know what I mean? I like to do that a lot because I don't like to be the one to make the final decision. I want to always lean on another person to make the double confirm that. And I tell the seller, hey, Mr. Seller, you know, I'm just a relationship guy in the company. And that's the reason why I'm talking to you right now. My partner, uh, he's just more about numbers and just want to take a look at the property. That's it. You know, if I was able to get them on the same page with us at the 80,000 and we can absolutely move forward. I mean, what would that leave us that? Do you think we can get the process started? You know what I mean? That's important. And guess what? If they say we could now I send them over our company commitment, which is a document to tell the seller more about our company and the service that we provide. I don't like to hang up on them. I don't like to call them back 10, 15 minutes. Read over this company commitment. Know a little bit more about our company while I'm double confirming it with my partner. When I come back, guess what? Now I'm going to see if I can make it work for you or not. You know, I might even do a closing call strategy. Say, hey, listen, I understand you're looking to get 80000 but hey, I got two different prices approved. We can absolutely do the 80000 you know, if you're able to cover all the closing costs and fees that's associated. Or I could do, you know, 77000 and we'll cover all the closing costs and all the fees that's associated. Hey, I got both of them approved. I just need you to let me know what's the best thing that I should do. That way that you're kind of putting the seller in a situation that they got to make a choice. If you know they don't got that many funds, they're not going to say that they want to, uh, you know, cover any closing costs. They're not going to want to do that. But you already got to know that they don't want to do that in your mind. 
I think a lot of things about acquisitions, you got to learn how to think ahead of that next person. You know, you got to be prepared whether they say yes or no at all times because you never know what happens. Okay. And I mean, I, I think it's absolutely like the financing thing. That's something I really want to talk about because I've car salesmen do it all the time. Yeah. And it's really good leverage technique. And I don't really hear many people doing it. I think the one thing that like anyone watching this, um, Keith stays on the phone with the person. That is so I, – I can't tell you how many times I learned my lesson, like went off the phone, went and tried to call him 15 minutes later, and I never got that call back. And right. still to this day, I'll wake up at 2 a.m. I'll, I'll think about it randomly from like two years ago. It still freaks me out. Uh, I'm telling you, that stuff's gems, guys. So you got to get on that. But uh, really with the financing department, uh, are you trying to like – use them as leverage i know you're using them as leverage to get a better price but are you trying to use them as like a good cop bad cop in, in some ways both it's yeah. always both it's both because of course we always want to get the better price but let's go to the good cop bad cop type of thing i always want to use somebody else's leverage just in case i put all my cards on the table and they don't go for it so i'd rather not do it that way and say hey listen let me get this approved for you i want to make sure i can get these funds secured because when you're talking about lingo like that, they're taking you more serious. They understand that you know what you're talking about, right? So, and then another thing is, I don't want them to think it's sweet. I always want to just create some type of, you know, some type of level. You got to be some type of wall that they got to go through. You can never let them think it's sweet. If they think it's sweet, they're going to think they can get more for the property. And I think people have a hard time with that. Definitely. And when it comes to, you know, releasing the offer out, do you always give two options or is it kind of a case by case? That's something that's something it's always going to be case by case. Right. And that's something that I had to learn myself. I didn't always know that, you know what I mean? And that's why I always tell people every situation is going to be different. But if you go at it long enough, you're going to have an answer for every situation that's different. It's all about you. If you're going to take your time to not only not only study sales, but you got to study yourself. Nobody should be studying, you know, the game more than you or studying you more than you. You got to listen to calls sometimes. Sometimes you need to record. Them. You will. I would advise anybody to record their calls so that way you can go back and listen to them. You can critique yourself. You know what I mean? And that's been one of my successes. I'm not scared to critique myself. I know when I hop on the phone, if I said something good, if I said something like, dang, I shouldn't have said that. But that don't mean I got to blow the whole deal at the same time. Definitely. I mean, I record all my calls and it, it it's funny. But uh, when it comes to giving the offer, I think something that is really important I, I want to go over is how do you know when to give an offer? Like, obviously, I would love to go offer everything 10 cents on the dollar and get the lowest price possible, but someone might get offended. How do you find the sweet spot of giving an offer where it's the lowest you could go without them really getting offended or just saying that's a joke of an offer. Like how do you kind of come up with that? So we get all our stuff, our prop stream, right? I'm looking yep. at all the as is condition sales. I'm looking at the cash buyers. I like to filter it out by uh year built. Um, you know, we like to go 10, 10 years down, 10 years forward. For example, if it's 1950 built 1960 at the max 1940 at the lowest, right? So once we line that up, line up the property, hopefully we can get the subdivision. Sometimes you can use the subdivision, sometimes you can't. You know what I mean? So it all depends on uh, those type of variables, right? Another thing, bedrooms, bathrooms, three bed, three beds, two baths, two baths. You know what I mean? You want to make sure all that stuff is lined up. You're looking at the cash sales 
and I'm only looking for corporate-owned LLC companies. If they buy them for 75 to 85, guess what? My max will be 65 at the most, but I'll probably come in anywhere between 45 and 55, so that way I can continuously work, my work myself up, and that's important. So all I'm looking at is corporate-owned companies that purchase the property on PropStream, and as is condition, I like to go a quarter mile out, 0.25. If it's not enough comps, I'm going a half mile. And when I see what they buying them for, if they buying them for 77, guess what? I'm gonna offer, excuse me, I'm gonna offer anywhere between 55 and 65 because I like to offer low to reset the seller's expectation, and then I can work my way back up. And now we can talk about some good numbers. Nice. And uh, when, when you're in a tough situation at the end, there you're trying to get the sale. Do you ever split the difference? I think everybody will have to split the difference. Sometimes you got to play the give and take game. You know what I mean? Um, you know, sometimes, you know, a seller like, you know, nah, this is going to be this way or nothing. You got some of them. I like to kind of get them in the mood and I say, you know what? I totally understand you want to be at this. Um, you know, I know you want to be at 80. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, the, part, the property may need a little bit too much work for that. I've seen property selling for around 60 to 65. They may go crazy on me. Well, I'm not saying I need to be right there, but I'm saying is, I mean, listen, I couldn't do the 80,000, but here's what I can do. You know, I could take your closing costs, all the realtor fees that's associated and blah, blah, blah. I just need to be at 70 and we'll take all the closing costs and fees that's associated. But first, it's important. You got to reset the seller's expectation with a lower offer. So that way that you can work your way up to a price instead of you throwing out that initial price and you working your way down. It's not a good thing. Okay. And my next question here is when you're in the negotiations there, um, how do you know when to do it? I don't know really much on your system at the end there. So are you really trying to get the hard close or are you trying to get a soft close where they're trying to make the decision themselves? Man, I'm going for the marbles, man. I'm, I'm going for the hard close. But just because I said I'm going for the hard close, I mean, I'm going to be like real, real, real aggressive. I'm going to yeah. be smart about it the whole time. You know, every time I'm on the phone with somebody, I really want to get the deal closed. I feel like I can close anybody. I got pre-call affirmations. I'm the best closer ever. You know, I'm the right person for the job. Nobody else will help this person better than I do. Uh, please let them pick up the phone. I really want to serve this person. So when they answer the phone, boom, I'm ready to attack now. Okay. Since you're doing the hard close, I got a couple like lines and common things I always get. I'm, I, I can only imagine you've gotten them. So yeah. what is the line you, you kind of tell people when you got someone on the phone and they're like, you know, Keith, uh, 60,000 maybe. Is it okay if I kind of think about it overnight or I get back with you in a couple days? What do like, you do there? That's good though. And that's why I told you at the beginning that before we even get to that point, I want to ask about the decision makers before we get into the condition and ask about if we were to agree on something. Will we be able to move forward? So that way, when we get down to somebody who's saying, hey, listen, I want, you know, I want to think about it. I want to speak to somebody. That way I can kind of cut that out. And if they still bring that up, it's a price issue nine times out of ten. Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, seller, I totally understand that, you know, you said you, you want to do this or do that. But let me ask you this. Honestly, we're just having the conversation here. I mean, how do you feel about their price? And if you ask them how they feel about the price, they're going to tell you exactly how they feel about it. And that's why I love asking questions like that, because they're going to tell you how they feel about it. You don't got to guess that. But if you don't never ask that question, then you're never going to know. I'm, you hit the nail on the head there. 
Um, my next one here is when, when you're really talking with uh, sellers and you're really in a situation where you, you have someone and you're like in Houston, for example, there's a million wholesalers there. Right. What do you do with the seller that says, you know, I'm thinking about it, but I have 10 other wholesalers coming to my house tomorrow. And, you know, they, they just, I'm just going to bid it up. It's crazy saturation. How do you deal with that seller? And how do you make sure your company gets the deal over 10 other Joe Schmoes out there? We got to be smart. You know, I think it's going to come down to, to you moving with speed. You know, you having real cash buyers. Sometimes you may need that. You know, have some type of private funding so that way you can close on as quick as possible. I think when it's multiple parties, closing quick is is the possible is 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 one of those things. Uh, I think that uh, not only that, I think uh, when it comes to that, you you got to know exactly. Man, there's so much stuff, man. <laughs> you you, right. you you gotta you gotta know exactly what to do. You know, because if you don't if you don't know how to identify, uh, you know the reason that they don't move for then. You're never going to get good at this because there's always going to be objections that come up. You know what I mean? You got to figure out, you know, what is the reason that this person is not looking to move forward? And I think I've met, that's one of the things I have mastered so well because I understand people. And that's why I said you got to take the time to really understand the people that you're talking to. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, so, guys, get your questions going for Keith. Uh, this is definitely uh, one of the best acquisitions uh, trainings I think I've ever had on this channel. So I got one last question for Keith before we get the uh, audience on there. So, guys, comment below your questions. Comment anything you have. And I've seen some people on here. They're talking about the acquisitions course. There's a lot of people that actually bought your course in here. They're doing well. Comment below your question you got for Keith. Uh, but like and subscribe. Uh, so my question here is everyone asks you about, you know, getting the acquisitions, getting the deal locked up. But I think another part about being really good, like negotiator and salesman is negotiating the end price with the cash buyer. So uh, what are you doing to get the most out of your deals with the cash buyer? Because that's a negotiation in itself, too. Well, I think it's a, it's a little bit different when it comes to dispositions, right? When you come to selling properties, uh, you got to be a lot more. Firm. Um, it's still psychology involved. You can never let a person think that they're the only one. Another thing is, there's nothing wrong with having multiple people at the property at one time because they ain't going to do nothing but create urgency. Another thing, you want to have some type of company policy that you're reading over to every cash buyer before they get the opportunity to walk in one of your properties because you need to know exactly, you know what I mean? Uh, you you, you got you to know exactly what you're dealing with, though. You know what I mean? So uh, I, think, I think that's definitely... That's definitely uh you know a key thing. Another thing, get the earnest money. Make sure that you get if you don't get the earnest money, you're not gonna get no respect. You know, when it comes to dispositions, the earnest money it gets you the respect. Have multiple parties see the property at one time if you can. Uh don't tell nobody else what the other person's offer is. Don't do that. Another thing, don't give no due diligence period once they sign that paper that they want to move forward. Make them drop the earnest money within. I would say 24 to 48 hours. I would say 24 hours if they serious, right? And uh, we do uh, 5,000, anything 100,000. We do 3,000 if it's below 100,000. So, you know, you got to get that earnest money. And that's and, uh, and also, uh, have a buy now price. If you put the property out there for 89.9 and you got multiple interests, the buy now price may be 100,000. You know, so if you want us to stop marketing and discontinue our marketing, you need to be at this buy now price. I think that's important too. 
Definitely. I mean, guys, these are absolute gems right here. Um, let, let's get into some of the qu questions, the comments here. Uh, again, um, it's hustle implementers. That's Keith Everett stuff, real estate daily, like him and Lenny are dropping bombs every day there. Um, Lenny, man, that's my partner, man. We like a man. We we a crazy dynamic duo. We 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 the totally the same when it comes to drive, but we we totally opposite when it comes to our abilities, man. Definitely. I, I mean, I was hearing some stuff from him. I was working out yesterday. He will be on this podcast if uh, if he's willing to come on, and we'll get some more interesting stuff. But again, guys, unfortunately, I I'll do a twelve hour podcast with Keith talking about acquisitions. Oh, we yeah. get like this much. Um, so he has all of his stuff there. He has live stuff, like he has live acquisitions. He's got live calls. So check him out. Comment on the comment below pinned up is going to be a free training. He does absolutely for free. Um, so everyone watching this, if you're watching live, it's not on there, but it, next hour it'll be on there. Um, pop up up there. He'll give you some discount codes, but, um, yes, here sir. it is. So let's go through some questions. So, uh, Lucien asked what happened earlier. Uh, we got some uh, technical difficulties. Yeah, technical, hey, listen, it happens, man. We had a little bit technical difficulties. Hey, we I'm back now, man. It's all good. You know, sometimes we control everything. I'm glad y'all came back. I appreciate it. All right. So um, let's see. Uh, Eric Brewer says, pain points, great approach. Empathy is key. I'm telling you guys, is absolutely amazing. Uh, so Kenneth Hernandez says, Bought Keith's course three months ago. It helped me a lot with sellers. Dude, I'm wow. <laughs> uh, quick question, Keith. Is there any um, person that bought your course that really had the biggest impact on you, like testimonial wise? Man, I got so many testimonials, man. I'm gonna be I'm, no seriously though, man. Every single day somebody tells me, you know, how to you know a lot of people say that, but I'm dead serious, man. I still get it. I get inspired by when people get inspired by me. You know what I mean? I think one of the biggest ones was when I seen a guy. Um, I think one I can remember. I, oh, yeah. It's some guys that got a 90K price drop. That was pretty impressive. And uh, I had a guy that did his first 40000 in a month, you know, off buying the course. And that and that really touched me, man, because that's the difference, you know, from you not making that much money and you didn't get a chance to be able to close uh, on more sellers and you make 40K. I had a guy to make 161K off a deal. So it's like, I haven't even made a 161k off a deal. You know what I'm saying? So that that right there, it did a lot for me, man. You know what I mean? Definitely. I mean, it's yeah. a higher level. You're changing people's lives. Um, yeah. Your Tyson says, "Keith, money, let's go, let's go." That's my guy, man. Las Vegas, what's going on? <laughs> uh, Stefan says, "Bought the master acquisitions course and closed me the first deal." Keith Everett is the true. Oh, um, man. See, see what I'm saying? I, I, I told you, man, I get expired. Like, listen, when people, you know, reach out to me, I try my hardest to be able to get back to people because I like to put myself in other people's shoes when they reach out to me. And, uh, you know, just by me, this is not a hey, listen, man, I appreciate you. You saying you appreciate me, but I appreciate you, you know, because it's the reason why I keep moving forward. Definitely. I, I mean, guys, Keith isn't like he's a rock star here in wholesaling, but like he's not this crazy like rapper level. You DM him. He'll answer yeah, it. I try to stay home with as possible at all times, you know. Don't be scared, guys. Uh, Ryan says, uh, best marketing working uh, right now for you, and what are you struggling with right now? All right, good question. I can answer it very quickly. The best marketing channel that's working for us is cold calling. Uh, as I stated before, we got 10 cold callers. Uh, the thing that we're struggling with, I mean, it's always going to be a struggle when it comes to personnel. 
Um, we got we got a great team right now, but we in the midst of hiring. I would say hiring people, man. That's gonna be one of the hardest things is to get people to believe in your dream. You know how hard it is to get somebody to buy into your dream that you got is helping you out with that. And that's the reason why when you get people, you know, who stick around, you gotta respect them and take care of them. Definitely. Uh, I mean, right now, um, who what kind of dialer are you using? So uh it's two different situations. Our cold callers are using Zincall. But uh, in-house, we're using Smart Dollar. Nice, nice. Okay. Yes, sir. All righty. And uh, let's see. Ryan says, what are the downsides of using the method of putting the blame on the boss man partner financing department? Man, honestly, I haven't seen a downside yet, man. I honestly, I, I really haven't, man. So I really wouldn't know how to answer that question. Now, I will say this. Now, some sellers don't want to seem like, you know, they're talking to a big company. So sometimes that, you know, you may need to come off as a mom and pop shop and it may get you further with particular sellers. But uh, I, that would just be my two cents on that. That right there for sure. Definitely. Um, Green says, uh, what does he use to filter out leads? So, uh, you know, as I stated earlier, we got an answering service called Pat Live. Uh, you got to think about it. All of our call ins are inbound marketing. They go into them. They filter it out, and then guess what? Um, you know, they just push the lead through. So uh, that's that's important, man. We do got Hustle CRM, which is our polio system uh, that we kind of custom made. So I would definitely say, man, you know, uh, we're very happy with that because it's giving us the opportunity to be able to send out contracts and stuff like that and be able to, you know, have the filter leads come in our system. So that's important. Definitely. Uh, so Hustle CRM is your polio system then, right? Yeah, we actually do integrations. So. Basically, we got three different packages uh, where we put, you know, second package, for instance, uh, you know, you got the contract, you can send out contracts through Podio, text messages. Uh, you got, you can send out RVMs. It's all different type of stuff, man. We do all integrations, right? And it's only a one-time payment. We're not charging a monthly fee or anything like that. It's a one-time payment. Definitely. All right. And uh, Adrian uh, Jeffrey says, I used his anchor low strategy and got the seller to bring $4,200 to the wow. club get the numbers I wanted. Wow. Adrian, send me a DM. And listen, anybody that's watching right now, if you got any type of success from the course, please shoot me a DM. I want to speak to you. You're hearing it from me. If you got any type of success from the course, shoot me a DM. I want to talk to you. Dude, I can't tell you. Like when I announced you're coming on, I announced it in my group, I think a week ago, wholesaling houses for real. Mm -hmm. I got I bought his course. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm at to see what he's talking about. Yeah, that's pretty dope, man. That's pretty awesome. All right, and then Adrian said it was a thirteen thousand dollar deal. Man, listen, Adrian, make sure you DM me, bro. DM. Sweet. Uh, Instagram's below too. So uh, let's get Got some it. of these questions on. Um, Thon, oh my god, this is crazy. That acquisition. Oh course is fire definitely a game changer yeah man that's Dude. man listen to me man who's that don 7373 what's going on man hey much love and appreciation to you man and listen i'm gonna tell you something real quick before we go to the next question i recorded that course in 24 hours 60 plus videos right 24 hours locked in the studio and we just knocked it all the way out 24 that's what that, and, and the reason I did that is because it was right when uh, Kobe Bryant passed away. And I said, I want to do it for him, Mama Mentality. 
And uh, that's when I knocked the whole course out in 24 hours. So that just lets you know what type of work ethic, man, that I was putting in on it. Rest in peace, man. I, I, I'm i telling you, it, it reminds me. Jeez. All right. I, I don't get sad up here. Yeah. <laughs> um, man. yeah. Uh, following that, again, um, how do you manage all the lists that you use? Man, that's a good question. So my partner is actually the uh, Lenny. Uh, shout out to him again. He's actually integrated in our company. And uh, we got like like different type of like Google, like like Google Excel and stuff like that. Every list that we got, we got to categorize uh, what type of list, uh, when did we purchase the list. And uh, that's pretty much about it, man. It's the absentee. Uh, it's the absentee owners list, uh, January 2021. Then that's how we kind of categorize. But we just keep all our lists like organized in, like Excel. So we know exactly, you know, which list that when the last time we hit it, when we need to hit it again. Uh, so that's pretty much what we do, man. We just keep it organized like an Excel so we know what we hit. Sweet. And and you mentioned you use the Pat Live for incoming. What are your top incoming uh, lead generation sources? Oh, oh, easy. Cold call. Easy. It's not even close. It's not even close. I ain't going to lie to you. It's not oh, even it's close. It's cold. Got it. And uh, yeah. Steven asks, what was Keith's first step to scaling his business? Awesome question. Uh, the first step to scaling my business was um, we actually start hiring. We are two acquisition uh, specialists, you know. Well, well, let me go back. Uh, my lady, which is my fiance, Mercedes, she actually was filtering out all of our RVM leads. She was listening to all the voicemails and the ones that was interested in selling. She was pushing them back over to us. And then eventually we hired like two acquisition managers and uh, we just went from there. We never looked back. Definitely. I mean, you got you got the team, you got the system. Um Ty asks, uh, when making an offer, do you ask the seller if that price would work for them or should you just give them your price and say that's the best you can do? We'll say when I'm making the offer, do you ask the seller if that, the, if that price worked for them or should you just give them a price and say, I would say a range. You know, we, we like to give them a range first. Uh, I hate giving hard offers until I know if they're ready to move forward and then we got to absolutely do it. So I like to give them a range starting out and then if they end within that range, that's when I figure out exactly what we need to do. That's a good question, though. That's a good question. I ain't gonna lie. That's a great question. Yeah. We gotta get these questions. Uh, the, the questions coming faster than uh, we can answer them. Yeah. Uh, David says, "How can I beat other offers in order for a seller to come to me?" Add the most, add the most value, and uh, not only add the most value. Sometimes you got to drop the most earnest money. Not saying you got to drop five, ten thousand. But uh, typically we do five hundred dollars in our contract. Sometimes you might have to give them a thousand or two, you know, up front. And you can use it as a cash advance where you can get that money back at the closing table. So that'd be a smart thing to do. And make sure the title was clear too before you get the seller any type of funds. Definitely. Uh, Adrian says we'll do, we'll do. They'll DM you. Um, Stave, stop. Sorry for saying your name wrong. How many times do you cold call a specific list? And when do you refresh and pull the same type of list again? That's a good question. So it's going to depend on what type of list we're talking about. Absentee, we may not pull that for a couple of months, maybe three to six months, really. If you're talking about like pre-foreclosures or probates, those are lists that you're going to pull on a weekly basis. So uh, it's all going to depend on what type of list. If it's a, a very, very niche list, then obviously we're probably going to get that a little bit more than other lists. So uh, you just got to just pay attention, man. But that's a good question as well. That's, that's good. Definitely. And uh, Green says, uh, do you have any scripts available? I can, I can, I can work something out. I can get some worked out. And Zach, I can get with you on that. Uh, so that way, 
be able to. I got you. I got you, man. We actually were. Believe it or not, me and my partner, I promise you, we just had a conversation uh, this morning uh, that we want to give out our script for free. So, Zach, what I could do is I could keep you posted on that. And then I'm just gonna drop you the link when it's ready. And just give me this. Don't we don't need that long. So I'll definitely be getting with you very soon. Right. No way the people in your group they can absolutely have that for sure. Also, uh, I just talked to uh, uh, my guy Jesse from Batch. Uh, they coming out with the new doubter that they got, and they using three script uh, three scripts to try it out. Uh, they got Brent Daniels, uh, they got Steve Train, and they're gonna be using one of my scripts uh, to do the test trial. So you get a chance to you not only use the doubter, but you can use you can pick what script that you want to use. I think that's pretty dope. That's sweet, man. I'm telling you, Jesse, Evo, Annie, they've all been on here. Amazing people. Yeah, he's great. Um, so let's see here. And guys, go to flipwithrick.com and just go to free scripts for now. Again, once Keith gives it to me, I'm literally, it's, it will be in this comment section. I so save the gotcha. yep. All right. So uh, Ty says, uh, what list produced the hot, hottest leads for a beginner trying to get their first deal? I'm going with, uh, I'm going to always go, uh, of course, my favorite list is always going to be absentee. But if I was a beginner, I would get a lot of niche lists like vacant, maybe evictions, code violations, uh, lists like that. But if I had my choice, I would get absentee lists for sure. Because okay. you got to think about it. We're in the pandemic right now. It's still a lot of tenants that's not paying. So the homeowners are not the happiest right now for sure. Definitely. And uh, see, Barbara says, hey, guys, from BMM Estates in Seattle. What's up? What's up? Um, Hafez says, can an inspection contingency or other contingencies for an REO? Man, honestly, we don't really deal with no real estate-owned properties, believe it or not. We're not really dealing too much with the banks. Uh, so, honestly, I'm not 100% sure because those are not the type of transactions that we're doing. You know, I don't like to answer anything that I really don't, you know, put myself into. So, Yeah, we, we're not dealing with too many REOs ever since the crash. The regulations have been insane. Yeah. That's all I can say about that. Uh, Demetrius yeah. has a really good question here. Can you elaborate on the job description and pay structure for your acquisitions people? So our acquisition people, they're only talking to the warm and hot leads, uh, you know, and all they're doing is just talking to the new leads that's coming in our system and they're whatever they set as a task uh, for them to do. Uh, they're talking to the people they set a task for and the people that's freshly coming into the system. Uh, and we're paying them anywhere. It depends on the salary. We're paying anywhere 1500 to 2500 a month uh, salary, and then it's eight to ten percent. So uh, that's kind of like the structure that we got. Okay. And uh, next question up here is: uh, Ty says, "How do you get rid of being nervous during the first five seconds of being on the phone with the seller, knowing what you have to hurry up and get your script out before they hang up on you?" Man, you gotta just listen, man. Listen, just make the call, just make the dial, look to make a friend. When they pick up the phone, you need to tell yourself, I'm just looking to make a friend and figure out what is this person's problem. If you go into the call like that, guess what? You're always going to come out on top, whether you get a chance to put it in contract or you may have to just follow up with them. And, uh, when it come, and then make sure you're doing pre-call affirmations, man. Tell yourself that you're great. Tell yourself that you're a closer. Tell yourself you're a problem solver. Tell yourself that you want this person to pick up the phone. And once you do that, guess what? You're going to attract exactly what you're putting out there. And that's been my rule of thumb for the longest now. Definitely. Um, and also, guys, uh, before we get any more questions through, I could just comment it below. Um, here's Keith's little free training there. Um, it will be on there. Uh, can you explain really quickly uh, what that link is? I, I, I Let me tell you guys before. I'm known as the guy. I don't sell courses. I tell not a lot of people to buy courses out there. And uh, 
I'm telling you, Keith's stuff's not a, it's not this guru course. Like he's just, he shows you how to become a really good acquisitions person. It's not thousand dollars. He's not going to steal it from you. And honestly, um, I, again, he, he gave us a pretty good code on there. So uh, I help you guys out. I get, I got no affiliates. I'm not sure if this is the right one, but I sent you another one. I'm not sure. Uh, I just sent you another one uh, to the phone real quick. That one, that is the training tool our live free masterclass from this previous Sunday. Uh, so if you need any type of help on acquisitions, I did a live free masterclass uh, January the 10th, which is previous Sunday. It's absolutely free. Go through there. Please look how I break every single thing down. I guarantee that you're going to at least find one gem in there that you can take with you tomorrow and be able to continue you on or getting better, man. Just, you know, just mastering your craft, just getting better. Yeah, let me know if you got to hop off too. I know we kind of uh, kept you a little late here. Um, why get that link here? Yes, sir. Um, really quickly here, uh, Joe says, uh, "How low of a ballpark range do you give your sellers when giving the initial offer? For example, MAO one hundred. Do you give them an offer of seventy to eighty? Yes, exactly. That's that's exactly right. And what that does is, if my maximum offer one hundred, that seventy to eighty is going to allow me to be able to reset their expectations." Now, if they take that price range, then guess what? I know I'm about to hit a home run there. Boom. That's a good, that was good, though. That was good, Joe. Uh, Mario asks, should I include closing and carrying costs in my wholesale formula? Absolutely not. I wouldn't worry about that. I would just, you know, I use PropStream to run my comps. I'm just trying to figure out what are the corporate-owned companies, which is the LLCs, what are they buying the properties for, and what is the condition of the properties that the LLCs are purchasing in the area. And all you got to do is they purchase them for anywhere between 90 to 100,000. Again, you will come in at what, 70, 80,000 at the most, 60 to 70. You might want to do 70 to 80. As long as it's below exactly what the other people are buying them for, then I think again, that's a good rule of thumb. All righty. And uh, let's I get through here. On the free master class, I actually ran the comp on there so you guys can see exactly what I did. Boom. And uh, let's see here. Uh, Joe says, what do you consider a cold, warm, and hot lead? Do you consider anyone uh, who says they're interested in selling a lead to consider a lead that is a little bit more qualified? Yeah, yeah. Is anybody interested in selling? You know, because we don't get too caught up on the price because some people don't even know why they're offering what they're offering. So I would say anybody who's honestly looking to sell their property, then uh, that's considered a warm, you know, warm or hot lead, depending on how deep it is. Definitely. Um, Barbara says here, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. These guys are giving us gold nuggets. Sweet. I love it. I love it. Um, I just got the link here. Um, is this the right one? The zoom? That's it. That's the free live masterclass link right there, man. Listen, all you guys got to do is take that link and go watch it tonight. It's absolutely free. I went through a whole presentation on this. This is gold right here. This is man. I can't even explain what this is. But I'm telling you, man, you definitely don't want to miss out on this. I'm, and uh, whoever, uh, take a look at it, man. Just shoot me a DM. Let me know what y'all thought about the training. Sweet. Um, Philip asks about uh, repair costs really quick. Um, how are you determining the uh, repair costs? Uh, yes, sir. That's a good question. So uh, now if I'm doing a fix and flip, we got a whole different mode process. We're going to actually bring our contractors to the house and everything like that. But if we just talking about wholesaling, I'm just looking. I just want to be below whatever the LLCs are purchasing the properties for. That's all I'm looking to do. I'll make it real simple, uh, and I'll verify the condition of the properties that's selling and as this condition from those LLCs. Can't forget about that component. Definitely. 
Um, guys, we're getting a lot of questions here. I don't think we can hit all of them. Um, so I'm going to take a couple like really quick questions. I think um, that Keith kind of hasn't gone over yet and uh, I'll take some of them. And then we'll get to the end here. Again, the links are in, in the comments for everything about Keith. And if you have a question and it's like very specific and we didn't get to it, uh, yeah. I think Keith will answer the DM. I'll answer the DM. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. Let's see, I have a lead. All right, let's do this one. I think let, let's help someone out today. Uh, Ty says, I have a lead with a seller who is in pre foreclosure and she told me to call back in the end of the month, but I never got any information on the property. How should I approach the follow up or call? Man, so if you know they're pre foreclosure, uh, man, you just, need to, you just need to give them a call in, man. You need to be on them. And, uh, you know, you can just tell them, like, hey, listen, uh, I just want to speak to you for a quick second. I'll even call them earlier than they told me. Hey, listen. Uh, hey, Barbara, let me let me speak to you for a quick second. I just need a couple minutes of your time. Um, I actually had a concern and I wanted to make sure um, that I was in a position to be able to help you out. I actually specialize in helping people out in, uh, you know, in, in specific situations like pre foreclosure or inheritance property. I just wanted to make sure that you didn't have any type of issues. Um, you know, when it comes to the process, you know what I mean? So basically, you just want to tell them you specialize in it. You seen that it looked like they was in pre-foreclosure. You wasn't 100% sure. That's why you didn't call right away. But it was on my mind. And I just want to give you a call to see uh, anything that I can help you out with. Just keep it simple, man. I keep, I believe in keeping stuff very simple. K-I-S-S. -S. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Uh Oh my God! Look, Ty says her name is actually Barbara. That's crazy. <laughs> mm. That's funny. Um, all right. So uh, uh, one last question here. Uh, I'm not picking favorites here. Um, let's see here. This would be a good one. Um, last question, guys. I got Keith's acquisitions program. I've not closed deals yet, but I got some great leads and great conversations going. Don't feel any nervous anymore. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Most definitely, man. And uh, my guy, man, make sure you shoot me a DM, man, so that way I can uh, see if I can possibly answer anything for you, man, to get you even going even more. Uh, but I definitely appreciate it. But we got to we got to make sure we get you over the top, man. So just make sure you tap in with me. And uh, and also, man, more than that, man, get the training, man. Hit get that link to the training and take that training because I went so in depth. I took my time on this presentation. So please get that or anybody else. All right, sweet. And uh, some other ones here. Demetrius asked about LLCs. We, I think we said before, Batch is really good with that one. Um, Adrian asked another question about actually how Keith presents it. I think those trainings talk about it. Keith actually yeah. went back. This will be recorded. Don't worry. You can come back and watch this. Thing. I, I, if you're watching this, you got to watch this thing like five times to really grasp yeah. everything. He's got it on there. And then uh, asked you going through agents. Yeah. I do off-market properties. Um, but my last couple questions here for you. So um, really just two, two quick last ones. Um, my last one here is what is hustle implementers? I, I hear you have the hat with the H on it. Um, what is that? I see people that they're going to those events, but like, I, I don't understand what it is. Can you explain what that company is? So hustle implementers, I'm actually the co-owner along with my partner, Lenny. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty much an education company, man. Uh, we got our two-day transformation event. Uh, we just had a one previously, December the fifth and fourth uh, and fifth of 2020, and uh, we had like 30 people, investors from all over, from New York, New Jersey, Boston, Atlanta, Texas, Memphis, Cali, and a whole bunch of more other places. Basically, they're coming down, they're coming in town to Alabama, and we teach them how to scale their business to six figures a month. We give them out the whole blueprint. So that's part of the hustle implementers. Another thing is this course 
is actually presented by the Hustle Implementers. And the Hustle Implementers, it, it came about because we like to hustle hard and everything that we ever learned on this journey, we always implement it. And I tell you guys out there that's watching right now, don't just be a hustler, be an implementer too. You know what I mean? Take this game that you get in today and go and apply it tomorrow because that's what it's all about. Definitely. And uh, we got some fire here. Like Everyone's getting good stuff, guys. If you got One anything, let, show us the love. Um, let us know. My last question, I ask the same question every single guest on this podcast, and it's never changed, and um, it changes people's lives. So I started this business 17 years old, 300 bucks in my bank account. Wow. If, let's take it back. Let's take a bath, Keith. Let's take it back. If you were 18 years old, I gave you 300 bucks. You're single. You're back in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. What would you do to become the next real estate Diddy? Man, you know what? Honestly, if I only had 300 bucks, I probably would use that money on deal machine. You know, I would probably send out. Uh, matter of fact, I would probably use that money. Yeah, I would use that money on deal machine. Uh, I would definitely fill up my list. And uh, I would just skip trace them individually with Skip Genie, and I would use some of that 300 to do that. And uh, I would just, man, I would just start calling, man. But every day I would take massive action, make sure I do the deal machine, make sure I'm door knocking the pre-foreclosures, or may, I'll write them a handmade letter. Uh, another thing I may do, they order a few bandit signs, you know what I mean? Maybe like, you know, 50 to 100 bandit signs. So I have some other things that I could do in the meantime. Or I may even order some neighborhood signs which is the smaller signs that you put inside the neighborhoods on the stop signs. So uh, that's what I would do, man. But the main thing is I would just go hard as hell like I always do. I always did. I think that's the most important thing. That's the life, man. Um, everyone's showing love here. Um, before I end this, uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I mean, I think you've changed the game for a lot of people. Um, yes, give them the DM, everything. Uh, before, we, before, before we hop off, can you give us some parting thoughts for the guests? And uh, where can people go reach you and uh, get in contact with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, first and foremost, uh, you can reach me on uh, Facebook, Keith Ever Jr. Uh, you can reach me on Instagram, which is Real Estate Diddy, Clubhouse, Real Estate Diddy, Twitter, Real Estate Diddy. Uh, another thing, man, I just advise everybody to really watch that uh, free live masterclass. Uh, I can guarantee that you're going to get you a jewel. Another thing, man, uh, just, just go out there, man, and just take action. I'm big on taking action. Uh, you know, you're not going to always get it right. You're not going to always say the right things. You're not going to always do the right things. But one thing you can do is just gain that experience. So I think that's extremely important. Definitely. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, so that's it, guys. I, I truly appreciate you guys coming on. We'll be in the studio next week, I promise you. Um, I'm definitely going to get Lenny on this podcast. If you hey, reach out, hey, reach out to him. Seriously, man, reach out to him. Uh, because this guy's a genius, man. This guy's brilliant, man. I think he's gonna come from a whole different perspective, and uh, he's gonna talk about that that marketing the systems. He's an animal at marketing the systems and CRM systems. I can't wait, guys. If you want to see him on, DM me, comment below. Let's get it going. I truly appreciate you guys watching it. See you next week. All right.